Hi there, this is Susan Nethercote and welcome to episode 11 of the Studio Insider Art Podcast. In this episode, we ride the emotional roller coaster of pricing your work. As much as we would all love a magic bullet for this process, there is no simple answer to the question, how much, when it comes to pricing your work. Join me as I help Laura along this tricky path and share some of my guiding principles in evolving a pricing approach that works for you. In these episodes, I'll bring you deep inside my art studio practice and how I run my business as a professional artist. I'll be sharing loads of useful information about my tools, my materials, and of course, my mindset. But most of all, this podcast is about the ups and downs in this rather crazy life as a professional artist. So welcome inside my studio. I hope my journey can help you feel a bit more at home in your own. In this first season of the podcast, I'll be coaching my good friend and studio assistant, Laura Day, through the process of preparing for her first solo exhibition. We talk about everything, from how to finish paintings and a cohesive body of work, to finding your own style, to wrestling with all those big emotions that come along with putting your art out there into the world. There is something here in this first season for every emerging artist. Hi, Laura. Hi, Suze. How are you going? I'm okay. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How's your week been in exhibition prep land? Yeah, good. I feel like things are coming along. I've got some momentum and I'm wrapping things up and sort of at the final stages, I'm putting together a price list at okay. the moment. Yeah. And I think that's a big, meaty topic for us uh, to get yeah. into. Pricing. Wowzers. Mm. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What's your first question? Where are you at with it? What have you done so far? Well, I've sort of set my prices based on the market and then sometimes it's based on my opinion of the work and how good I think it is. I think you would have some good input, I think, in terms of this is being like my first exhibition and you've had experience selling your work for many years now. Yeah. So. Sure. Let's get in the nuts and bolts, maybe. Let's get into pricing. Yeah. I think pricing as a, as a topic, just generally in any business, it's such a nebulous question. Pricing mm. is a really interesting phenomenon and it's mm. something I've, I used to talk about it a lot in my previous coaching business creative conversation because I've had a retail business as well so I've had Mm. the opportunity to observe purchasing behavior from a very insider perspective in the retail industry Mm. and then I've also had the experience of seeing how how my pricing plays out in my art journey and Mm -hmm. they are very different in some ways but there are also some principles that I learned in my retail business that have really helped me along the way Mm -hmm things that I've learned through, you know, customer psychology and pricing psychology. There's, there's all these interesting things that happen, Mm. which might be helpful to you. So Mm. I guess my one big thing to say about pricing for a first exhibition is you've got to get really clear on what 
what is the most important thing to you with this exhibition mm. in terms of is the most important thing to you, apart from that we're putting your work out in the world and we want to see how people respond to it, you know, experience that whole side of things. Mm. From a financial perspective, you need to decide, is it more important to you to sell work because mm. you need to, to legitimise yourself as a professional artist and being a professional artist means you need to sell some of your work? Mm-hmm. Or is it more important to you to put prices on your work that you know reflect what you deserve for the work you mm. put in? Mm. Thinking about that as you were talking, I don't want a sellout exhibition. So I don't want to price my work so cheap that it just flies out the door. But I'd be super happy if I sold half of my pieces mm-hmm. or a third of my pieces. Mm-hmm. I feel like it is important to value the work and there is some pieces that I'd rather hold on to than price like under what I feel Mm -hmm. like it's worth. That sounds really good and it sounds like you have a lot of clarity around it which is Mm. great because I think a lot of people don't when they get to the stage of pricing and pricing Mm. brings up all kinds of stuff for people. You're really putting a number on all kinds of aspects of how you value yourself and your work and Mm -hmm. there's so many things at play. Yeah. Can I tell you a little story about my first exhibition? Yes, please. Yeah, okay. So for me it was similar to you. It was kind of my coming out into my local community with my work and kind of declaring this is what I'm doing. So it was massive. It was huge. It was every bit the emotional roller coaster yours has been. I was probably even more dramatic (laughs) (laughs) because let's face it, I always am. But when it came to pricing, I probably didn't charge quite what I knew my work could be worth because for me, it was very important that I sold work. Mm -hmm. So I didn't sell stuff super cheap because I have a very strong background in retail and of putting myself in a consumer's shoes. I very much did that. And I created like, for example, I had a lot of A3 works on paper Mm -hmm. that I did and I framed them. They were just framed up in Ikea frames. They weren't overly expensive, but they were a nice finished product that I priced at $195 which felt fine to me because it was quite a large body of work that I had Mm. produced in that A3 size. Yeah. And it felt like a really doable thing. Mm. So there is a thing that happens in retail mentality in my experience in in the market that I've worked in, which was fashion, um, between when you're going between hundreds, anything under 200, you're going to have a lot of an easier time selling. So I'd had that knowledge and I knew that, and I did very well. I sold most of those pieces. So mm-hmm. it was actually turned out to be really yeah. great investment on my part to buy those frames mm. and go through that process. Yeah. Cause it was a product ready to go. That's right. And mm. if I'd really been smart about it, I would have actually have masking taped off the pieces that I produced to fit the mat inside the Ikea frame. Ah. But instead we ended up having to recut some of the mat sizes and Mm -hmm. cut new ones, Mm -hmm. which ended up being so time consuming. But that did very well for me. And they they looked great. You know, they're not the most amazing frames in the world, but Mm. they're good enough Mm -hmm. and they looked really nice and they sold really well. And I sell pieces, you know, several years later and having a reasonably good record of selling work in that same size on paper 
I still sell unframed pieces that are that price and they sell really well because it's a very consumable price. But having said that, you know, when I look at the amount of time it takes me to produce those small works on paper, that's a pretty reasonable price for me to charge. I mean, but looking back on those works I originally sold, there was a lot more detail in them. And, you know, I wasn't getting paid what I should be getting paid per hour. And I think there's a lot of different pricing methodologies out there that are, you know, there's pricing by per square inch some people do or per mm-hmm. size of canvas mm-hmm. which is something a stand you know sort of a standardized framework which is something that I think you can arrive at after you've been producing for a while and you have a much clearer idea of how long it's taking you to produce certain mm-hmm. work but that's much harder to do at the stage where you're at yeah, yeah it is it is so the size is different the amount mm. of time you've spent on each style is different mm-hmm. so it's very hard so For the pieces that I did in that first exhibition, I very much priced them according to how good I thought they were, how willing I was to let them go. Mm. And I put a higher price tag on the ones that I knew and felt were really strong. Yeah. And they were the first ones to sell, actually. Were they? Yes. The ones that I had the strong instinct about and I really stood behind myself and Mm -hmm. I put... I mean, having said that, I'd charge a lot more for them now, but... I think incrementally increasing your prices as an artist as you progress along your journey is a really smart thing to do because I think the proof you get from selling work from an exhibition or any online, wherever you're selling it from, is really important in those early stages. It's Mm. helping you to feel more confident in what you're selling, in the demand for what you're making. You're, You're... figuring out so many things in that process and the power of an actual sale in building your confidence I think is very real and Mm -hmm. something that in those early stages and as an emerging artist perhaps charging that little bit less for work that you know is sort of earlier on in your journey and maybe not as strong as some of the later pieces is totally fine Mm. if that's going to help them to move yeah you know I'm not someone who has a lot of work lying around I like Mm. to sell my work I know that all artists aren't like that so you know that's I'm really just giving you my perspective on that hi there just dropping in with a very special invitation if you've ever dreamed of packing your bags and running away to paint in Paris then I'm just about to make your dreams come true In May 2020, I'll be guiding 12 beautiful creative souls through some of the finest museums in the world and teaching my signature floral and botanical abstract styles of painting in our very own Paris art studio. This is one retreat not to miss, and there are still a few spots left. Go to susannethercottestudio.com forward slash retreats to find out more. Au revoir. So I'm asking my customers to frame their work as well. So I'm mm. not, for this exhibition, I'm not framing my paperworks. I'm actually hanging it on the walls unframed. Mm-hmm. And that could come into people's buying decisions as well because they'll have to go to the effort to go and find a framer or um, get a frame yeah. for the piece that they buy. 
that's exactly right. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind. Mm. And you'll only know how people respond to that when you're in the moment, Mm. you know. Framing is incredibly expensive. Mm. So it can be a huge hindrance. It's something I think all artists grapple with, particularly with larger work. Mm. It can cost several hundreds of dollars to have a a large canvas framed. Mm. And people don't generally, until they go and get something framed, they they don't don't really grasp the cost. So that's partly why I Mm. have evolved a practice where I paint a painting continuously around the edges. And Mm. prior to that, I used to paint the edges white so that it could be hung unframed Mm. because I couldn't afford to frame that work, Mm. that whole range of work. And also... Mm -hmm. Because I predominantly sell my work online, it's not necessary for me to framework because we're clever and we do it digitally. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Um, And we're clear with people when we sell the product that it's not framed in Mm. real life and they can choose to do that. And we do that for a variety of reasons, the Mm. least of which is that most of it goes overseas and often canvases are rolled and sent in a tube. Mm. So, yeah, there are so many elements to it. But, yeah, you do have to keep that in mind. Yeah. they have to take that extra step of framing it. So, mm. you know, you might even want to put something in your copy of your description in your mm. catalogue. This will fit easily into a, a easily yeah. obtainable frame from a mm. retailer, yeah. something like that so that it kind of makes the purchase easy for them. Mm. Um, one suggestion uh, from our mutual friend who we talked about in the previous Hello, episode, Steph. <laughs> Steph at Mostly Miniature on Instagram, she used to own a gallery mm. here, and so she suggested that for the paperworks that are unframed to also add in to the little placard underneath the name and to put a framed price. So add in an extra amount. So then when they're looking at the work, they'll be like, oh, okay, the unframed price is actually really cheap compared to what a framed price would be. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Which would mean you'd then need to go to a framer and get quotes on on the pieces that you want to put that on your little. But that's a really smart idea that I've never thought of. Yeah. Well done, Steph. (laughs) Because it also helps people to realise how expensive the framing is. Mm. So it's a very smart way of doing it. And then you can just make the delivery date later and arrange Mm. framing for them. And then on the canvas front as well, so my smallest canvas work is a 30 by 30 centimetre canvas. And I had it at $255, mm-hmm. but Steph suggested that I put it up to 300 because she said that I'm setting the standard and when she owned the gallery 10 years ago, they were the, that was the prices that artists were sort of generally selling that size uh, canvas work for. So mm-hmm. she's like, well, you need to bump it up to over 300 And I'm not sure where I'm sitting with that, actually. And I mean, like, the perceived value of a canvas is much higher than a paperwork as well. Yeah. And it's already – they're buying finished work. They are. So they can – I've painted the sides of the canvas and, like, it's ready to hang so they don't have to go to the expense of putting it in a frame as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think 300 for that size is perfectly reasonable. Mm. The market is going to tell you what it's willing to pay. Mm. And I guess the gamble that every artist has with every exhibition is what am I willing to put out there? And at the end of the day, it comes back to that same question. 
do I want to sell my work in my first solo exhibition Mm -hmm. and sell a decent body of it? Or do I want to make sure that I'm drawing a line in the sand about what I'm willing, what money I'm willing to take for my work and what I'm not? So you have to be prepared for what the market's going to tell you about that. Now, the experience that I've had in our community of people purchasing art Mm -hmm. is that they're not particularly generous. (laughs) (laughs) They're stingy? I don't want to say, I don't want to speak badly of my town. I love the town of Ballarat. It's It's a beautiful place and it actually has a really amazing creative scene. Yeah. But there is also a little bit of a poverty mentality around certain areas of this town. Mm. And... I was very aware of that when I was pricing my work. And it, yeah. because for me it was important to – I really wanted to sell my work. I priced it with what I understood about that community, mm. not what I thought I was worth. Yeah, I have worked up to that point over yeah. time. And the other thing to keep in mind is – Where are you earning your money from your work? Because you might think that it's all in the sale of that single piece. Mm. But sometimes over time, your work can be bringing in value through other areas. Mm. So, for example, if you're properly photographing your work and an opportunity comes up to license that work, Mm. you have... I mean, we've got tiny little paintings that have gone off and had a whole other life, you know, with some other company somewhere Mm. else in the world and earned hundreds of dollars more than what we could ever have predicted. So it's not always just about that single painting yeah, either. Yeah, that's true. But I, I want to give you a definitive answer to this question and mm. I can't. And, no. And, I, and the reason that I'm grappling with it so hard is because I'm in your shoes right now. Like mm. I'm sitting here going, which way would I go for this? Because mm. on the one hand, if it gets priced too high at a level that the market's not ready for because they know this is your first exhibition, right? Mm. They know. So mm-hmm. people, when they go to a, a, the first exhibition of an emerging artist, mm. will have an expectation of lower prices. They will expect to pay more in a gallery because they understand that that's a different environment mm-hmm. and that there's a commission involved yeah. and that the artist is at a certain professional level that's selling at that level. So yeah. I would – I totally, utterly respect what Steph said. She's been mm. in the industry. She knows. Mm. But – I actually, when I really sit with this, I err on the side of pricing things a little bit lower for a first exhibition yeah. to sell and and feel the results of the confidence of selling work yeah. because I know the market here as well. Yeah. There will be a few people from Melbourne. Okay. And also it's at the McCure Hotel. So that draws in people for conventions and events. And I know that there's a, a wedding in the venue as well. So there will be other people in the space. Okay, great. So, so that's really relevant. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. That changes my whole mindset on it yeah. because there's a different audience in front of it. There and is. you might also get commission work. Yeah, that's what I'm really hoping and Mm. um, actually that's probably a whole nother conversation in itself because that's a whole process that, like I've never done a commission before. So getting your coaching advice around how setting up a commission process is, I mean, I'm going to have some business cards and I will be saying in my marketing material I am available for commissions. So that's another thing that I'm hoping will Mm -hmm. come out of this exhibition But from what you were saying about pricing, I feel like there might be certain prices. I set higher prices for the work that I feel is quite mature 
and in line with the direction that I want to go in. And if I didn't sell it at, at this exhibition, I wouldn't be disappointed. So I'll yeah, put the high great. prices on those, those like real solid pieces yes. that I love. And then I might reduce the prices for the other ones that I feel I'm not as attached to and would be okay uh, letting go. Yep. It's like an instinctual thing, really, well, isn't it? Well, at this stage of the game, you kind of have to go very much with your intuition about mm. it. And also, if there's work that you know is really strong that you would be happy to keep in your life that you don't want to sell for too little. Mm. I'm very afraid that I'm giving the impression here that I approve of artists underselling their work. No. Because I absolutely don't. You're not. (laughs) But I also equally, I know firsthand that priceless confidence that comes when people have actually bought your work. Mm. And I want that for you. I want you to have that experience. Mm -hmm. I also think that coming up with frameworks for pricing your art based on size, style is something that comes later when you know more about what your oeuvre looks like, Mm. which you're still learning. So I think you've just got to go with your intuition about it not allow there to be huge variances in your pricing either. Like Mm. don't let the difference between them be too great. Yeah. Don't overprice either. Like don't have huge gaps. But I also don't think you should be charging perhaps a gallery perceived price in this exhibition. I think that's next. The other thing that comes into this too, I'm not getting charged um, for space hire. I'm also not getting, they're not taking commission or anything. I'm getting the full price. Yes. Of what the artwork's selling for because I'll be managing the sales. And don't be worried about the whole commission price versus what you're selling it in the exhibition for. I have in my literature that I send to commission clients, I talk about how a commission process is very different to buying a piece of personal work and it's usually more expensive because there's much more time involved. Yeah. So there's ways of communicating that Uh so that you're not – underselling your commission work because Mm. you shouldn't because they're already interested and they want a specific thing and you're going to put a tremendous amount of time and energy into it and you can communicate that but when it comes to pricing that whole body of work I think you're totally on the mark I would put the higher prices on the the strong pieces anything that you're feeling like you know in your heart of hearts is a journey piece and might not be your best work Mm. price it accordingly because actually customers are very savvy to Mm. observe these things and customers are also very happy to get a bargain as well if it's something that you know is not your greatest work Mm. and you're happy to let that go yeah allow that to happen yeah you know I think having the movement and making the sales at this stage is really an important part of the journey yeah yeah I like how you said a journey piece yeah I really like that and I well, think they all are really but <laughs> yeah no they are but there is a difference between a journey piece or a process piece like something that you, you know you, it's you got to, to the resolved yeah. thing yeah. yeah and then like more of a signature piece or what did you call my hidden treasures one the it's like a breakthrough 
It is. It's a breakthrough piece. It's mm. a yeah, but they're like, sort of defining. There's differences. So that's in, one of the paintings. Levels of quality. Absolutely, and that's that's such a strong painting, and you know that. I feel that you, it's been identified by others outside of you, totally mm. unprompted. So you know that's one of your best pieces, and it will be priced accordingly. Mm. And I kind of hope for you in some ways that that one stays in your life for a little bit longer because I feel like there's something in there that you're still needing to be in contact with to define mm. further later work yeah but i bet someone buys it yeah someone will <laughs> buy it but that's okay too because i do have some good quality photographs and yeah, um i can get prints of them yeah great yeah. And i work from photos all the time of pieces that have been sold in the past as well so that's that's terrific so i feel like i haven't spoken very eloquently about this topic but it's so hard no i think i do have like a lot to go back on and reflect on like I already know in in my gut, I've got two 30 by 30 canvases. One, I would be okay if I just let go and I know that that's a journey piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can let that go for under $300. Mm-hmm. But the other one that I'm, I'm really proud of and I feel like that's a signature piece, then I'm, I'm definitely going to mark it at 300 or a little bit higher because I feel like I'd, I'd like to hold on to that. Right. Yeah. You're happy have, for have it, it to stay price. in your life. I guess that's a really good question to ask yourself with mm. each piece as you're pricing it. Am I happy to keep this in my life? Because for me, I mean, you can see as we sit here in my studio, the yeah. stacks of paintings from, they're my journey pieces. Yeah. They're still in my life. Yeah, that's true. And I don't want too many more of those because... They take up literal space. Yeah. And I don't have a lot of those pieces anymore. I have sales. Like I had one. I've only had one actually in my entire art career where I cleared a lot of studies and what we were calling journey pieces for really reasonable prices because I didn't need them in my life anymore. And they were taking up space. I didn't feel like they deserved the kind of price that other work of a similar size and Mm. style can get in my shop so Mm. I priced them accordingly and let them move out of my life it was work that I didn't want up on my website with my current work because it it doesn't fit with the story that I'm telling or it devalues in some way what I am now doing but it still has value Mm. it just doesn't have as great a value so I let it go and I priced it accordingly and I think part of what happens is we want formulas. We want mm. we want this process of pricing to be made easy for us because it's so hard mm. and it is also very hard to stick to your guns when you know something's really worth it but the mm. market isn't giving you what you're worth and it's, mm. it can be a little bit crazy making the whole pricing story. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I'm going to go into in much more depth in my upcoming e-course which will be around all kinds of business concepts to do with art. It's such a huge topic that it, it will be warranting it and its own entire module. But yeah, I think what we've discussed today is such a great starting point. Work with where you are at mm-hmm. and work instinctively with it. Yeah. You'll know which are the ones that you're yeah. willing to let go of for less and which you want to put a higher price tag on because you really value them. I think this is going to be um, super helpful. I'm going to um, go back over my price list and lay all my work out and just have like a gut instinctual feeling 
and just feel like, am I willing to let this go or am I happy to hold on to it? Just sort of have that filter of whether figuring out whether it's a journey piece or um, yes. not. Yeah. I just want to add too, I still find pricing very hard. Mm. I still find it very hard. It is, it is – yeah. It is always a give and take between what you know your work is worth mm-hmm. and what the market is willing to give you. Mm. And the market is fickle. The market depends on mm-hmm. what's going on on a broader political mm. level, what mm. time of year it is. Mm-hmm. You know, is it is Christmas bin? Is it in that gulf of January, February where mm. not much gets sold at all? There are mm-hmm. so many factors and it is hard so I think we've all got to continually come back to being flexible around it as well. I hope that's helpful. It's been super helpful. Yeah. Okay. I feel like much more confident now. Good. <laughs> Thanks, Suze. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. <laughs> Catch you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Studio Insider Art Podcast. You can always see more of my art over at susannethercook.com. And if you're interested in learning from me or checking out the podcast notes, you can find those over on susannethercookstudio.com. I love hearing your comments and feedback, so feel free to leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you like what you're hearing, then why not take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at susan.nethercutt so I can say hi. Catch you next time.